So this big spaceship lands outside Jacksonville's ugly football stadium. And out of it come five goofy-looking aliens. But they've all been embedded with the brains of the most brilliant football minds ever. And they go into TIAA Bank Field, and they watch from the press box the Steelers' quarterbacks in that game last night. They have no idea about circumstances or age or contract or anything, and they're just told to pick the best of them. Who would the aliens take? Good morning to you. Good Sunday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday and occasionally on a Sunday like this after a game. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers 16, Jaguars 15 as ever. The outcome is immaterial of a preseason game, but the performances within them are not, particularly not when they involve the most important position. And the franchise's most important positional pivoting point this century. As such, it can be argued that these are some of the most important passes we've seen in a long time. It wasn't super easy, at least not numerically, to discern between Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph for a bunch of different reasons. The offensive line was absolutely horrific while Trubisky was on the field. The same line got a little bit better when Pickett was out there. And by the time Rudolph came on for the second half, he was, as Mike Tomlin himself would acknowledge later, a varsity player performing against JV guys. He did well, but you know the same argument that we had that was downplaying Pickett the previous week. However, there are numbers... And there are your eyeballs. Oh, and also the eyeballs of the space aliens. And they and we all saw the same thing. Pickett went out there, taking over for Trubisky in the second quarter, playing behind the same guys, and incidentally against the same guy, since Doug Peterson chose to have the Jaguars go with their first team for the entire first half. And all he did was adjust. Jaguars came at him just as hard. And again, the O-line play was a little bit better, but Pickett got the best of them by picking them apart a little bit. Right away, just boom, boom, boom. Quick, little passes, super accurate. Right where they needed to be, when they needed to be, how hard slash soft they needed to be, and even the shape of how they'd get there. And you know exactly what I'm talking about with that beautiful drop into Pat Fryermuth's arms down the middle of the field. There was nothing that looked even a little bit flappable about Pickett through the whole thing. He had 42 seconds to get the Steelers into the end zone. He moved them down there mechanically. He got a touchdown to George Pickens on a really good ball, even though there was a Jacksonville player right in his face. 
That got nullified by a penalty, so he comes right back on the very next pass, throws it to Benny Snell out in the flat. Snell does a terrific job with his body control to get into the end zone. It's just, it's winning football. It's winning football. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. The game of football isn't a scouting combine. It's not about who can throw the ball the deepest. Kenny can't do that. It's not about who's going to be able to outrun this guy or that guy. Kenny can move, and he can throw on the move, but he's still not that guy either. What Kenny is is just a quarterback. He's a quarterback who makes plays, and in some cases, he makes plays out of nothing, and he makes them habitually, as his history as Pitt showed powerfully, when it matters the most and largely without breaking a sweat. This was what Tomlin had to say in Jacksonville last night to that specific subject. You know, it's probably who he is. He, I know he did it next door. Um, he probably did it in high school. He probably did it in Little League. Um, some, some things people are born with. Born with it? Wow! These are not things that you say about a backup quarterback. He's never in a million years going to say that Chris Oladokun was born with it, just like he never said that Charlie Badger, Brian Leftwich, or anyone else who was a backup was born with it. This is going to be the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a lot of years. I think we've all seen enough to have at least teased that concept to us already through OTA's minicamp, training camp, and now this preseason, and the data will powerfully support that since through two games, Kenny's got, and you're going to want to sit down for this, 19 completions in 22 attempts for 171 yards, three touchdowns, and a 142.05 QB rating. That's amazing, okay? I don't care what the circumstances are. Now, factor into that that in this game, he was 6 of 7 for 76 yards, but the lone incompletion was that deliberate spike once he got into the Jacksonville red zone and needed to stop the clock. So, okay, what's missing here? What's missing here? Is it fear? Is that the issue? Is that what everyone's worried about right now? Can't put him out there. Can't let him fail. Can't let him get hurt because of that offensive line. No need to put him out there against the Bengals and the Patriots because, well, our team might lose to the Bengals and the Patriots, and that'll make us feel less happy about Kenny. We're perfectly prepared to throw Mitch out there and let him lose to those teams, possibly even let Mitch get decapitated because he'll be playing behind that offensive line, after which we can put Kenny in because we like him. You see what I'm saying here? You see what I'm saying here? Don't be afraid of this. Don't be afraid of this. When we come back, 
J1Q. Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Danny, who says, DK, I went to the game here in Jacksonville, and let me tell you, that O-line was scary bad. What in the heck do we do about it? Is this going to be like last year again. Danny, I don't believe that it will, even though I couldn't agree more strongly with your assessment of it. It was, you know, actually, come to think of it, your term is perfect, scary bad. Because to dovetail with what I mentioned at the end of the opening segment here, a lot of people, a lot of fans, I got the sense last night, are scared. They feel like this entire offense and all of this quarterback fun can be derailed by those guys. And you know what? Not to sit here and toot the horn or whatever, but who's been telling you this for weeks, everyone? I've even gotten critiques from regular listeners. Why do you talk about the offensive line so much? Why do you focus on that so much? It's not a sexy position. I get that. It's not something that you're going to hear about on hot takes radio or whatever, but it's the actual thing. It's the swing vote for this football team as a whole. It has been all along. That didn't change last night. Yeah, there were some encouraging moments in the Seattle preseason opener. I acknowledge those. I also went through a laundry list that very night of things that I didn't like. And I did mention to you along the way, there were some things that Dan Moore did that didn't look good. How'd he look last night, huh? (laughs) Not so great. I mentioned, and I might have been the only person anywhere, even citing his name, that James Daniels looked lousy to me. I didn't notice it as much live, but I sure did on the film. And then there goes Daniels last night just getting blown up. Blown up. Now, I could go through all of these guys and find some kind of flaws from last night. Maybe not Chooks as much. Maybe not Mason Cole as much. But Moore was lousy. The rotating left guards between Kevin Dodson and Kendrick Green were lousy. And Daniels was awful. That's a. Three out of five, really, if you count the left guard guys as one. Where do you go with that? I mean, if you're Tomlin, you're 
focused internally. That's always going to be a default mode. They put a lot of money into these guys. They put a lot of money into Daniels. That's a $24 million investment. And you better believe they're going to make every attempt to try to get the most out of these guys while at the same time not being as dumb and stubborn as they were last year when they said, ah, we'll just fix them along the way. There is work to do. Now, I will give the head coach immediate credit for something last night in that he left those guys out there, especially the guys on the left side more in the rotating left guards. Well into the third quarter, just trying to give them a chance to maybe bounce back, to gain some confidence, to let the game slow down in front of them or something. But Daniels? I mean, how did that happen? There's not a history of this with him in Chicago. He did have his rough spots with the Bears. He openly acknowledged those to me when we spoke about this several weeks ago. But this isn't the performance that anyone's seen on film over the course of his young NFL career. So you'd like to think he'll bounce back. You'd like to think that Cole could be a kind of a steady guy in the middle, and Chooks is going to be Chooks. But that left side, that left side, that's going to get your QB killed, okay? That's going to get your QB depth chart needing to go to like five or six in order to make it through the first month. Now, that said, I feel it's important to add this. You can't come within a solar system of choosing who your quarterback will be based on the quality of your line play and your fear that the quarterback that you like will get hurt. The truth is, any quarterback that you get hurt devalues your team, devalues your roster. The far, the the infinitely more appropriate approach that you should be taking here if you're Tomlin and Omar Khan is looking for solutions. Again, that has to start internally. It should start internally. But I know the list isn't great of the free agents that are out there. And I know that trades are a rare and semi-dangerous thing in the NFL because you'll bring in an offensive lineman via trade in the final week of the preseason, and they have to come in and learn your playbook from scratch, and they're going to look no different than some of these guys did last night. It's not easy, but you can't just hope it away. That's what Tomlin and Kevin Colbert tried to do last summer, and it ended up really, really hurting them. This time, the actions have to be aggressive and immediately beginning this morning on South Water Street. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to this extra edition of Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do a regular old one tomorrow. Tomorrow.